the reason that that I host the events is really just to bring people together and to have fun. Trail runners are very introverted people for the most part. And I think that we offer a safe place that gives encouragement. If you want to do two laps or 10 laps, there's no judgment. That was Caroline Weber. And this is episode 150 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Caroline Weber is a trail and mountain runner from Calgary, Alberta, where she lives with her husband and two children. In addition to working in the oil and gas sector, Kara is also the owner and race director of Lewiston Ultra Events, through which she enjoys hosting trail running events and socials for all levels of runner. Kara is active in both the road and trail running community and is devoted to encouraging others, giving back, and sustainability. In this episode, we talk about how Lewiston Ultra Events came to be and the vision that has guided the direction she has taken the company. We talk about her own running experiences and explore the topics of sustainability and diversity and inclusion in the sport. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Kara. So Kara, welcome to the Inspired Souls podcast. We're happy to have you with us this evening. I am so happy to be sitting here tonight inside. It's boiling hot, so... It is. It's it was 36 on my drive home today from work in Calgary, Alberta, which is, you know, those cold mountain lakes are looking pretty good right now. <laughs> Normally they're a little too cold to swim in, but we are taking a bit of a time out to just relax and chat tonight. So, it's far overdue to have you on the show. Um I've wanted to talk to you for quite a while. Uh nailing down a date has been challenging cuz you're a busy lady and you always got something on the go. So, we're going to hear all about that in this next hour. But before we get started with the what, let's talk about the who. Give us an introduction into who you are and what you do. All right. Well, my name is Kara. I'm a trail runner and a mom. We live in Calgary, Alberta. I started trail running. Oh gosh, I'm going to age myself here. Um, I want to say in 2009, 2010. Um, During university, I well, let's go back to when I grew up. I danced competitively, grew up in a very athletic family. Everything was a competition with my siblings. So (laughs) when I went to university in Lethbridge, I was introduced to the trail system there in the Coolies, Um, fell in love with them instantly and started trail running. Not at that time did I imagine that I would start doing ultras or mountain running. So yeah, I've been trail running for more than a decade. Um, I love it. I participate in ultra um, events myself. I volunteer at several events throughout the year. I have many chats with race directors and support their events if I can. Um, And then, yeah, I'm a mom. I've got two incredible boys. One's 18, graduated high school, and my little guy is going into grade three. Both of them are incredibly kind and amazing children. And my husband, um, we've been married for 10 years this September. Um, so he's a firefighter and incredibly supportive. Thank goodness for that of of my vision and my commitment to to trail running and health and mindfulness and to community. So with my my trail running experience, that's how I kind of went into race directing. Mm. Okay. Well, we're going to get into yeah. all of that, but first I have to ask you, how many siblings do you have, and what's the weirdest thing that you've gotten competitive about with them growing up? <laughs> There's six of us total. So I have five siblings. 
I have three sisters and two brothers. Wow. That is a family. Yeah. Um, so they're all way older than me. The one closest to me in age is 10 years older than me. The most ridiculous thing that we've ever done. Um, you know that game Cornhole? Yes. So there's, okay. So my oldest sister was turning, I think it was 55. And we decided we're going to do a game of cornhole, but we had to do it round robin style because there's too many of us with spouses and children and aunts and uncles and, and friends and cousins and everybody stopping by. So we do it round robin style. It's getting dark and we're not there yet. Like there's no winner declared. So we break out the headlamps and the flashlight <laughs> so that we can finish this ridiculous game of cornhole in my sister's backyard in Saskatchewan. So there's a winner because there always has to be a winner. Right. Because what would be the point if no one was declared a winner? <laughs> okay. Exactly. <laughs> so where did you grow up? Was it in the Calgary area or um, was it someplace else? No, I'm originally from North Balford, Saskatchewan. I was born and raised there. Um, very strong Ukrainian family. Mm -hmm. um, Yay understand the language yet did Ukrainian dancing um, raised by by a single mom who made us very strong and independent and and chasers after our dreams um, when I finished high school a lot of my friends went off to U of S and for some reason I just went to the beat of my own drum went down to Augustana um, University for a year and then made my way to University of Lethbridge um, from University of Lethbridge I got an internship with impact magazine and uh, so that's what oh. brought me to Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been in, I've been in Calgary since 2003. Love it. Absolutely love the city. Yes, it is. It is a great city to live in. I'm curious what you studied in university. English and history, but oh. yeah, I love, I love the English language, love old literature, love technical writing. I say this now, if I was 10 years younger, I would go back to school for geology in a heartbeat. I am in love with rocks. I, every new trail that I go on, um, I take a rock. I write on the side of the rock where the rock is from and the date that I got it. And I make this little collection. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Rocks are fascinating seeing they're so like the terrain and everything different about it. So if I was 10 years younger, I'd go back to school for geology saying that now I'm sure in 10 years, I'll be like, why didn't you just do it, Kara? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> probably. You know, yeah, it's hard to be a trail runner and not fall in love with rocks. I actually started a tradition long time ago that every ultra I did, I collected a little rock and my friend makes jewelry and she started to make me this bracelet with all my little tiny rocks on it for my race. Mm -hmm. And then you got too much for the, the wire and I can't wear it now, but yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, you probably have fun keeping yourself entertained, just guessing or learning about rock formations in the mountains when you run, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's dig a little bit more into, yeah, the running origin story. So you said you started running in, um, Lethbridge on the the coolies there. Wassels was a thing at that time, but I don't know if you were aware of it. Mm -hmm. uh, you were? No? Okay. No, I wasn't aware of it at that time. Um, I was more of like the moonlight run. I was in, in university. Yeah. I was more yeah. aware of where the, where, the, where the Duke was and how to stumble home to the coolies okay. from the yeah. Duke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So when did you actually start getting just from trail running and moving into like ultra racing and ultra running? Was it, you just wanted to explore more? Did you get competitive? Like how did that evolution happen? Um, I think, you know, some of us 
once we exit university and, and go out into the real world, there's a, a bit of overwhelmingness and, and exhaustion and, and finding our path. Um, so I think through that, and I had, I had Asher, my first son, when I was very young, um, I think through finding that, um, I found ultra running, um, my sibling that was closest to me in age, his name was Sheldon and he died in a tragic car accident and he was an Olympic level athlete. Um, all my siblings are incredible. Like my, my sister's a, a, a like a national level broom ball player like we're they're all exceptional but um my brother um when i lost my brother my brother and i had shared conversation many times that we would go to hawaii and we would compete at at that time what was the xterra 50 i think it was so we were going to go do this ridiculous run together um and he just never had the chance to do that so i think that was instilled in me um to push beyond that limit i was very curious why why he wanted to go to that to that level and to that distance. Um, plus, when when I was in high school, um, and I would, you know, we're all bad in high school. Well, no, we're not all bad, but some of us are bad. And I would stay out too late, or I wouldn't come home, or I wouldn't tell my mom. My brother, who was training with Taekwondo or rock climbing or whatever he was doing, um, my punishment would be he would rollerblade or run after he was done working in a restaurant at a godly hour of the night. Um, and he would make me run beside him, but I got smart. I started wearing rollerblades or my bike, but he was like, we're doing this. You're coming for an hour and we're going. Um, so I think through, through him and through my siblings, I learned perseverance, um, goal setting and naturally the things that matter. So when I did start ultra running, um, I remember a lot of pain. Um, Something happens to you when you when you get out in the mountains or in the trails where, you know, you aren't on your phone and you're not in front of a computer screen and, you know, nothing matters but that moment and just where you are. There's there's a lot of perspective that's achieved in those times. And, you know, if it's only up to you how far you're going to go and, and how you're going to get out of, the, out of there, there's nobody standing there encouraging you to keep going. So there's a lot of digging and a lot of grit and determination and it's very satisfying. Um, yeah, so I think during the pandemic, when a lot of us couldn't do that or attend races, um, you know, I, it was heartbreaking for like job loss and, and not being able to see your family and not being able to travel. Like all of us suffered, um, in different dimensions and in different forms. Um, for me in, in trail running specifically, it was very hard because I couldn't gain that perspective. Um, Trail runners need that distance just to be like left alone to let themselves fly and and to find that and you know our our trailheads were closed down we couldn't we couldn't do it and running in the city while I appreciate it and I use it towards training um, it's very different when you're worrying about lights and kids on bikes and traffic and all those things mm -hmm. where yeah. in nature you can just be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. Yes. So I want to go back to what you just said a few minutes ago about when you were running trails, there was a lot of pain. Are you talking physical pain? Are you talking you were working through some emotional stuff at that point in time? But, you know, how did running and pain relate to you at that point? Oh, gosh. Who isn't working through stuff all the time, right? <laughs> Another answer. <laughs> Uh, definitely emotional and physical. Um, mm -hmm. when, when you start ultra running, there's things that hurt that you didn't even know existed. Um, and 
and you can always push beyond what you think that you're capable of. But to go beyond that barrier takes a lot of mental exhaustion and reminding yourself over and over that you can, you can, you can. So the physical pain, you know, I can remember not even be able to get out of my car, um, whether that was lack of cross training or not enough training um, or really long days. Oh gosh, I can remember me and my friend Fanny um, starting to run at 6 a.m. and coming home at 11 p.m. And we did over 70 kilometers. And like, how do you not hurt? Like, yeah. So <laughs> definitely physical, mentally, um, there's things that go on in your brain that once you're off the trail, you're like, what was I thinking? You know, um, I'm very good with trail karaoke. Um, I start belting out songs. Yeah. So usually I'll start at around, at around half a marathon. I always tell people I'm with, okay, the, the warm up's over. And I just start singing and I don't even know where the songs come from. Um, but usually they're relating to something going on in my life. Um, Queen is one of my favorites. I want to break free. I yes. like, uh, mm. Lady Gaga. Like, so, and I think whatever problems that you have, take them with you out on the trail, be present. And I just work through them. You know, there's a lot of clarity that happens. Um, as I mentioned at the start of our call, my husband and I have been married for 10 years. Any relationship is always work. Um, so I find, you know, that marriage in a marriage, you have the most weirdest fights about the most ridiculous things. So I take myself onto the trail and I'm like, what are we even talking about? There's there's a lot of clarity, even with an 18-year-old and friends and, and everything. I, I get a lot of perspective and I'm reminded what's really important. You know, it's it's not about, you know, making sure things are in order and perfection, which doesn't exist. Um, it's about all those moments and, and conversation and exactly what we're doing here today, creating memories and, and sharing a story. And earlier you were talking about your brother who, who passed away and never got to run that race. Did you run the one in Hawaii? Um, and, and tell us maybe I, about, did you, did you run it first of all? I, okay. So I didn't do the Xterra. What had happened was, um, hurt 100 came onto my radar. Um, you went bigger. so <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know what it was about that race. I think it was because it's just a community driven race. And to say that, is is nowhere unless you get to experience i can't even put into words what that race mm-hmm. is um so for nine years i put myself on the wait list to get into that race because it's a lottery and they only take i think it's 130 140 runners with their own board selection so i did get in in 2014 oh sorry 2015 i made it off the wait list but i was pregnant with my son so I knew that come January, there was no way because Luca would have only been five months old. There was no way that I could could do that and navigate my own full-time job and Chris's schedule and, and everything. Kudos to the women that can do it. Um, I just knew that it was not the right time for me. So I, I declined the wait list in 2015. Um, then this past year, when I was cleaning up for Moose in my garage, Sunday, just so tired, I got an email from the Hurt 100 Board of Directors saying that they've given me one of the 10 discretionary spots to, to attend herd. Wow. So I, I know. So I, I was over the moon. So yeah, I did go to hurt in January of this year. I did not finish. So I did what they call um, the pirate run or the fun run. 
it is it is an exceptionally hard race. I would not recommend the race that race to anybody unless like you really want that. To even complete 100 miles, you really got to want 100 miles. You know, it's not just, it's not about anything but wanting 100 miles because you will give up on yourself. I don't know how many times between zero and 100. Um, So I did the fun run. I did three loops and then I went back out to do a ginormous climb to get to the pirate ship where they shoot you with a pretend gun. You jump off a, a plank and I tapped out. I think it was at 114 kilometers, but I got what I went for. Um, I created some new friendships with women from Alaska and Seattle and Portland. Um, I reunited some with some friends that I met previously from the U.S. Um, we have new friends now in Oahu um, that I'm hoping will come to Canada and race one of my events. They say it's too cold here, even in the summer. <laughs> but I got I got community. Um, so I really got what I went for. People are asking, will you go back to finish? And you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know if I would go back because I had an exceptional race from zero to 114, 117. It went perfect. There wasn't a niggle. There was nothing. The heat was just too excessive. It was too, way too hot. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So for you to say that was a really hard race says something because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your ultra sign up you know, list here. And I know not every race is on ultra sign up, but you've, you've run some pretty difficult courses in some pretty difficult places. Um, Zion is a place I actually, that was my first hundred miler was in Zion. You were there in 2019. Um, and you know, uh, even lost souls, you know, there's so many different types of hard, right? There's heat, there's technical, there's vert, yeah, just lots of different ways that a course can be hard. So I guess my question to you is why was hurt? Why do you consider it such a race to be respected? It's a very different event. Um, the hurt 100 is more about community supporting your fellow runners than actually a race. The Hurt 100 was created for their local racers so that we, they wouldn't have to find other events on the mainland and they could stay there and support and create trails. Um, so there's a lot of community feel there. Um, it is hot. Like it's a heat that I can't even explain. You're not exposed. You go in between three canopies on every loop. So it's like, I I can't even explain it. It, Yeah, it was like when you know you're going into the canopy, it's hot. The roots, the roots are next level. I can't explain what the roots look like unless you see it. It's root on top of root on top of root. root. They call it the tantalus. Um, It's like spider legs everywhere. So it's really not a run. There's little sections of run with a lot of fast hiking. Um, Yeah, and it was just, it was a very, obviously a very emotional run for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's in January, like it's a new year's type of race, right? So you can't even train for the heat unless you're going to sit in a sauna for hours and hours and hours coming from Canada. So you've done a lot of different things in a lot of different places. Um, I'm curious if anything stands out to you as far as a race experience that was particularly meaningful. Now, in addition to obviously hurt and, and the meaning it had for you there, was there anything else that pops into your head as to, you know, that may not have been my best day, but that is a day that, you know, changed me in some way. Oh man, there each race I've done, I've taken something away from. Lost Soul 
Dean Johnson, one of the race directors, is an incredible friend of mine. He's mentored me. Um, I go down to that race every year to help them. So I've taken um, a lot of the community feel from that and and what it actually means to like fully put yourself into an event and an event that you're proud of to support the community. Zion was by far the most gorgeous course Isn't that it? that I've been on. Yeah, I highly recommend. I do not recommend the hundred miles. Um, <laughs> the the group, the group Why? That I was Why? With, well, well, so the group that I was with did the hundred k, and they had a body and a mind the next day to <laughs> to adventure out in the area. Whereas me and my friend Fanny, that did the hundred miles, could do anything. So, um, stunning, stunning course, Elk Valley. Um, I I love that race. That is a tough. 50k I think by far one of the toughest 50k's that we have in western Canada um I love that race um because there's a, a female race director um so um I do chat with her a couple times a year and we do what we can to support each other every every race there's there's so much right I'm heading I leave tomorrow for Colorado um never summer is this Friday it's been on my bucket list for for a few years since um reading a book which i i can't remember at this time but i spotted it in a in the middle of a, a book and i'm like i need to check out what this race is um so i'm really excited to go to colorado and see what what that has to offer um five peaks i've done lots of five peaks events um they're great for community great intro level intro level um for trail runners and to bring your family out i think if you go on with an open mind, which trail runners are, you're going to pull something from each race and you're going to write it down on your checklist of what to do next time or what not to do. And um, the one thing that I'm, I usually don't like to do is I don't like to do the same race twice. I was just going to ask you that. I'm like, which race do you do races twice? And if not, which one would you maybe consider if that was one of the things that you did? Do? If you had to do a race a second to, yes, time. That's a better way to put it. Uh, you see, I don't even want to like say it because then I'm putting it out there and I'm projecting it. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> but, uh, I, the reason I don't do them twice is because I think, you know, I'm, I'm 43. Um, time, time is limited not to like say that, you know, I'm not going to be able to do it tomorrow or the next day, but there's so many races out there that I just really want to experience them. Um, I love to go back to a race is maybe to volunteer, but not to run it because then that means that I can't run a different race. Mm -hmm. And plus mm -hmm. it's, racing is expensive. It is. Um, I like to do one or two destination races each year um, just to experience another community and have friends all over the globe, which I'm incredibly grateful for. But yeah, I don't, um, I don't tend to, to do them more than once. Um, Havelina is fun. Um, yeah, I, but it was fully exposed for three laps. <laughs> See, I can't even say that idea, but that was fun. That was a fun race. You know, I have never been a looped course racer. I like point to points. And if it's loops, there better be so much variety, like, like tall, for example, that you just, you don't even remember that you were on that loop. Cause there's just the, you know, there's lots of variety within the loop, but so many people have been talking about Havelina lately and how much fun it is. I mean, it's not a new race. It's been around for a long time, but I'm starting to think that, you know, maybe I might have to put that on my list at some point. Yeah. It's like the, bur it's like the burning man of the trail. Yeah. Like a big trail scene. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Like even, you know, if it made sense to go and crew, you probably have way more fun 
crewing or just to do, I think they have a 25 K um, to do that, but the course is stunning. Um, it's hot, but there's a lot of time. They're very generous with their time. They've got a big expo. Um, the shoot that you run through with the hundreds of, of tents set up is, is fun. It is not for children. Um, so <laughs> yeah. And I think it's 20 mile loops, isn't it? Like they're not short little loops, they're long loops. So yeah. 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 You have time to, you know, start to become incoherent and not realize where you are by the time you're done a few of them. Okay. Well, all right. So you're a racer, you're a runner. Um, you are also now a race director. So tell us a little bit about Lewiston Ultra events. So let's start with the why. You know, why did you decide to start this running company and what kind of purpose did you look to fill within the running community? How much time do we have? As much time as you want. (laughs) Um, So when I started ultra running, I just had this vision of having a race series or an event that um, had purpose and intention. So something that would give back to the community wasn't so much as a business, but would support the local run communities, um, be sustainable, maybe set up some run clinics or socials throughout the year. Um, So I had this vision because the trail community welcomed me with open arms. Um, And I really wanted to to give back. That's just the way that we were all brought up was um, to be of service. So... Um, my in-laws bought a place out in Sycamuse in 2014. And I was like, there's got to be gorgeous trails here. And it's the Shushwap play. Come on. Um, the trails are really hard to find, but I managed to find this trailhead. And I took my girlfriend, Jodine, out on the trail. We ended up doing 38 kilometers around the traverse that connected Sycamuse and Salmon Arm. Um, got really lost, got scared. Nobody's out there. Um, so we're on this beautiful trail. I'm like, how is there not a race here? there should be a race here. So because my in-laws were out there and I just had my little guy, Luca, um, we were spending a lot of time out there and I immediately intertwined myself into that community with economic development, the trail Alliance, search and rescue. Um, I asked a lot of questions. I reached out to local race directors um, about creating an event on the traverse and on a date that would not impact um, what they had already established. So by the time I got moving on that, that was around 2017. So I had a race, I had a course, I had the community involvement and the community support. We just didn't have a name for it. I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I cross train a lot. Uh, At that time, we were doing a lot of indoor spinning. Um, Jessica Johnson was one of my spin instructors. And they had baby Lewiston, who was diagnosed with SMA. So I had said to my husband, this little baby, this sick baby, the spin community is getting together to fundraise for, for the sick baby and SMA. What is SMA? Spinal muscular atrophy. So there's two types. Yeah. So my husband and I go to this spin class and, and Chris is, Chris is an athlete too. He's a retired hockey player, but not much of a spin fan, but I was like, we're going to go. It's a fundraiser. Let's go. So we go into the spin class and, and Jess got on the stage, Lewiston's mom, and, and she starts crying and it's very emotional. And my husband's very emotional and he wears his heart on his sleeve and we spin our hearts out and, and we donate back. And when we went out into the lobby, Lewiston was there in his pram with Ronnie, Lewiston's dad and Jessica's husband. 
and unbeknownst to me, Chris and Ronnie actually knew of each other. They grew up in the same community in Calgary. Ronnie's younger brother played ball with Chris's brother. So the two of them started chatting. So there was, there was a connection. So when we left, Chris was like, holy man, like I didn't realize. And it started hitting closer to home. Jess became very, um, very relevant and um, made a lot of social media posts and chatting a lot about Lewiston at Alberta Children's Hospital and everything. And um, it just came to fruition. You know what? I think that we need to give it back to the what became the Love for Lewiston Foundation and to do something to help her and to aid her. Um, my oldest sister also had a baby at five weeks old that passed away from from a genetic disease as well. Um, and we watched her um, just fold and collapse. And it was at a time when we lost my brother and we weren't able to do what we needed to do to to support her because we were mourning my brother. So I felt that getting involved with with this and creating more awareness around um, genetic diseases that, that people are born with that are undiagnosed um, was a way to give back. So that's how my first year was called the Lewiston Ultra. And we partnered with Love for Lewiston for, for a few years. Um, and then since then have branched out to the Lewiston, Lewiston Ultra events. Um, I was heavily involved with Moose Mountain Trail Races. Jen Silverthorne and Alan Lamb were were code race directors with Moose Mountain Trail Racer, Moose Mountain Trail Races with me. Um, so that eventually came under Lewiston Ultra events. Um, the Lewiston Ultra changed to the Shoe Shop Ultra because we really wanted that race out in in Shoe Shop to be about that community. So we renamed it Shoe Shop Ultra because we wanted the event to feed into that community, give back to their trail alliance group, create awareness around volunteer days, search and rescue, um, and really showcase that area. Moose Mountain has been around, this will be the 31st year. It's the oldest sanctioned trail event in Alberta and the second oldest in Western Canada. Neenecker has a beat by I think two years. And then Backyard Ultra, um, I met Lazarus Lakes in 2019 at a backyard event, spent a lot of time with him, had a lot of laughs. He is a fun, he's a character, gives me lots of math to do. Um, so then we started doing BC Backyard. Um, and I just, yeah, each, each of the events that I do, um, they're very different and they're very unique. Um, someone once asked me, what is my favorite? And I, like, I can't, it's like three children. Um, they are very different. They, yeah. They're very Not just different. Not in terrain, but in, and location, but in court, like format, like a backyard ultra is completely different from a big loop around Moose Mountain <laughs> and up and down. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt you there. Talk to me, uh, us a little bit more about that. Like logistically, you know, can you transfer and kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, utilize some of the systems and things that you use at one race for the other or do you have to have completely different piles in your garage and you know types of volunteer organization and spreadsheets like what is it like race directing such different type of races I have an incredible team that that supports me um Leo Fung uh is my we call him my Pollyanna 
Uh, he'll help me with timing, anything to do with IT. He comes to my grad every Thursday. It's like his second home and, and just crafts or, or does whatever's on the checklist. Christine Good helps me out with all my volunteers. Curtis Hitchcock um, helps with courses, course management, sorry, and marking my route. And then Elizabeth Burke is from the shoe shop area and she'll help as needed with marking the course and, and volunteers as well. Um, they move between the events with me. I have to shut. So in my mind, I shut down totally after one event before I start prepping for the other. I can't do them at the same time because they're all very different. The BC backyard this year, we went for 43 hours. So 43 hours is as long as the racers went, which means that I was probably up for over 60 hours. Um, logistically, that's an easy race because they go in loops. There's no navigating or moving things once they're set up. And I love that race because I get to experience the journey with my racers. I don't set them off at the start and I don't see them until the finish. I get to experience everything with them. I get to encourage them and promote them. I get to see them when they're weak and broken and see what they can and pull out of the dark cave. Um, after BC backyard this year, I cried. I felt like such a, a silly person, but I cried after because it was incredible to see the grit and the perseverance that all those racers left out there. And it was exceptionally hot for the end of April. Um, so BC Backyard is a different beast in its own. Shoe Shop Ultra um, is logistically complicated. It's point to point 60 kilometers. Um, I'm more tired at Shoe Shop Ultra starting the second day than I am at BC Backyard at the end because there's a lot of moving pieces and it takes about 100 volunteers to run that event. Um, the race is very remote. Um, there's a lot going on. Moose Mountain Trail Races, we call it the well-oiled machine. Like I said, it's been going on. This will be the 31st year. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a, a community reunion. We we get 40 volunteers together. They come and drink beer and have pizza in my garage. Um, we go out there. We involve Scouts Canada. We work with with Search and Rescue there as well. And it's, it's a great time. Um, people always compliment that between my three races, the only similarity is my playlist. So I have this ridiculous 13 hour <laughs> playlist that's on Spotify and it is everything under the sun from eighties to rock to country to pop. Like it's just wild. We've had people come up saying, where do we get that playlist? So <laughs> is it public? Is that's it shareable? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Spotify. That's the only commonality between between each of the racers. They're, they all have their own um, unique feel. Okay. I, I almost want to sign up just to hear the playlist, but I guess I could just get the playlist on Spotify. Is that what you're telling me? I don't have to yeah, run the race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got I to gotta hear this playlist. Um, you've mentioned giving back a number of times. And I, I wanted to pull on that thread a little bit too. So you said that, you know, you, you wanted to give back to a community that has welcomed you with such open arms. And this is kind of, this kind of came up when we were talking about Western States this year with one of the top 10 finishers, Canadian finishers, Priscilla Forgy, just like, yeah, the community has given me so much as a white woman, right, who uh, got accepted into this community so easily. Do you have anything to add into that conversation just as far as in your own races, what you might do to um, have more diversity and inclusion in your races? Um, so like I said before, I was very welcomed into 
the trail world, what we like to do is nobody gets left behind. Um, when we host run socials, we'll do run socials in, in Calgary and in Canmore and in Shushwap and nobody gets left behind. Uh, we work in support with trail sisters. So we like to offer um, apparel for, for everybody and feminine products at our aid stations, which I have been in a situation where that hasn't been available and it's not very mm. much fun. So really like what Trail Sisters is encouraging and trying to do. My event structure, I think, is is very different. Um, we're, we're not a non-for-profit. It is set up as a business, but it's not my job. It's not even my side hustle. The reason that that I host the events is really just to bring people together and to have fun. Trail runners are very introverted people for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that we offer a safe place that gives encouragement. If you want to do two laps or 10 laps, there's no judgment. If you, if you DNF at a race, you know, we, we try and get, you know, little kits together. If you injure yourself at my event, I follow up with a text or an email to check in and see how you're doing. Um, photographers are at, at my event focus on like dogs and kids. And we make sure that it's a place that you can hang out with your family after that there's a playground nearby that, you know, we offer hotel resources, we work with with tourism to make sure that you can bring your family or your spouse. So something that you can all do. We try to book the events in the shoulder season. So at a less expensive time, um, visiting an area, you know, if you go to the shoe shop in the, in the summer, it's high time, it's peak time and it's really busy. So offering the event at the end of June or in September, a little quieter, maybe a cheaper rate at the hotel, the trails won't be as busy and it's just as beautiful in the fall or in the spring. So we That's really want to do. Sorry, I was just gonna say that's a win for both the runners and the community because the communities can only get so full in the peak season, but they probably appreciate, <laughs> you know, a few more bookings in the shoulder season and runners appreciate not having to travel during most expensive time of year. So yeah, that's smart and gracious of you. <laughs> This this coming year, we are looking at creating something or doing something to um, add awareness and to recognize Indigenous. Um, and then we also are going to look at doing a Pride Trail run in Calgary. Um, yeah, I think that that would be something um, really good to to do and to offer. And Canmore, Gavin and Joel create a, a really awesome Pride branch and a run and. Um, I think that that's something that we definitely should be bringing to Calgary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. So you've really thought this through. <laughs> this you nailed the answer to that question. Yeah. There's a lot going on <laughs> for sure. So, you know, I can hear the passion in your voice as you talk about all of this, like it's deeply meaningful to you and you've mentioned a few things, but what do you love most about race directing? That is a loaded question, Kim. That's what we're known for on this podcast. <laughs> oh man, Com community, being part of a racer's journey, their story, just a small part of their story, it's creating something that's impactful. Um, like I said, we, my event structure is not just about ordering swag because it's cheaper or we can get it on time. We, we really spend time investing what to gift our runners or what to put in our runner kits, how to properly support volunteers, how to properly support the area. So community, I, 
oh man, I, back in the day, I was a Lululemon ambassador. And right now I'm, I'm so grateful to be an Arcteryx ambassador. And I think with that, like I'm, I appreciate so much about community and what we can do when there's more of us and it really does take a village. So to me, it's always been about community. Um, It's never really been about a business and yeah, just being part of, of somebody's journey. Um, It's it's incredible to see. I love that. I, I, you know, social media has its pros and its cons. Um, Like I I have a great team, but there's parts of me that is a one man show. One of the things my team is constantly on me on is get a social media person, get a social media person. And I can't because it needs to be so authentic. Um, It needs to be real. That's, you know, I remember years ago before I started Brian Gallant, who is Sinister Sports. Um, I called him up and I said, Hey, Brian, I'm going to start an event series. Um, And Brian's race, I've done it twice. That is a beast. Um, There's a story out of that one too. Anyway, I called up Brian and I said, I'm going to create this event series. I really want it to be about community and about giving back and, you know, supporting search and rescue and all that. And his word of advice to me was write down your intention, write down what you want your race series to look like or your event to look like, because as you start moving through the process, that is going to change. But if you always go back to your intention, you'll stay true to it and you'll stay on your path. And I am to this day, seven, eight years later, I am beyond grateful for that piece of sound advice. Mm-hmm. I go back to it all the time. I reference it. So um, the intention was always to support community. It wasn't about creating a business or anything else. It was about community and a runner's journey. Mm. Wow. That's so well said. Wow. Um, you mentioned sustainability a couple of times, and we also wanted to touch on that, um, maybe with a little bit of a twist. So there's how you can be sustainable in in what you offer in the events, what goes in the race kits, that type of thing, but also wondering how, um, individuals, like how can the runners themselves contribute towards sustainability when they're racing? Do you have any thoughts on that? So we partner with a few, um, 1% 1% for the planet partners, such as Run Up Hill. So anything that you would purchase at Run Up Hill, they're giving 1% back to the planet. Um, we also look at recyclable, recyclable packaging and certified B corporations. So companies such as NAC, um, they'll have a plan which is likely visible on their website saying that, you know, by a certain date, 2023, 2024, all their packaging will be recyclable or is coming from reusable, um, from bottles, anything like that. We also, like at my aid stations, it's not just about creating a buffet. It's very intentional. Um, we also encourage our runners, take what you need. You know, we, we break up bars. We, um, there's a, a bar out of Winnipeg called Gorp. And they went away for a little bit and they're back now. One of the coolest things about Gorp is their packaging is recyclable, but they also have a foldover on their package. So if you go out for a run and you don't finish, you can't leave your bar stiff for three days. It's going to dry out. You can fold the package so it stays fresh to use it. Oh. Um, really understanding the mileage that you can get out of your races or out of your runners. So Gord's Running Store, Run Up Hill, they, they offer, they have incredible staff and can offer you, these are how long the runners are going to last you for Kintec and Salmon Arm and, and Gord's, I believe they'll take used running shoes and they, and they donate them. Um, I think awareness around recycling, we at Backyard, um, we try to encourage 
you you take out what you bring in like we don't want your garbage um there's no commercial compost you can take your compost with you and compost at at home so we try to remove as crazy as it sounds at an event because waste management management is ridiculously expensive but we remove garbage bins because we really want you to be intentional with what you're bringing in and not just, oh, I'm finished half this bottle of pop, I'm gonna throw the bottle away. Um, we partner with like ARCs so that any of our bottles left over can be donated towards shelters. Um, every year we do an Earth Day challenge in, in April. So we'll partner with the local run communities. We do prizing and incentives, um, put a hashtag, it's all on our Lewiston Ultra Events website. Um, really try and encourage um, sustainability and what that means and to work with with Earth Day. It's sustainability is, is such a moving piece right now. And what do we do? And, and, and are we doing enough? And, you know, even even compost, you know, at backyard, we have every intention of composting at the backyard. So um, in that area, we have to purchase our own green compost bin. And we had, I think, three big bags of compost. Unfortunately, the shoe shop area is not set up to take commercial compost at this time. So we had to find, like, call a neighbor. Hey, when's your compost date? <laughs> we have compost to bring to your house. But, you know, wow. it's it's easy. Yeah, there's, you know, recycling and, and composting and, and being sustainable. Um, it's more awareness. It's really not a lot of work. It's just being more aware of, yeah. of what products and what packaging they're using. There's a lot of stuff on the market now that you can use to fuel yourself, fuel yourself on your run that will use a recyclable package um, that will be a, a certified B corporation or will give back to the planet. So I think it's really supporting those and what those companies are trying to trying to do and to encourage. And I yeah. think you're really smart to not just invest in those companies, but also to communicate that with your racers too, because then it really drives home to them. Like this is important to us and, and help us, you know, with this mission. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it could be just a silent thing and you don't say anything, but the fact that you've said something to your runners about it, let's like kind of enrolls them in the whole, in the whole thing as well. So I think that's really smart. This year for Swag, we gave, um, and it'll be the same at Moose Mountain, our, our racers got a reusable pint glass, a squishy pint glass, yeah. so they can use it for hot or cold fluids. Um, it was great for after the races. Um, the Swag we offered, we've been incredibly blessed to partner with um, Rabbit Running. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of intention created with their products, even down right. to the tag. Um, and they do a lot with Pride as well. And um yeah, we're so it's really just seeking out those things. And, and like I said, it doesn't take a lot more time. It's just being intentional and being more aware of, of yeah. sustainability and, and leaving the trail um, better than we found it. Uh, one more thing that I want to add is Coros Canada also gives us a watch at Shoe Shop Ultra and Moose Mountain Trail Races, and we do something fun called Trail Trash. So if you find a piece of garbage out on the trail that somebody mistakenly dropped or something in the parking lot, you bring it to the finish line, you enter to win, and you could win a Coros GPX watch. So we've had, yeah, yeah, we've had people run in with like expired lottery tickets, uh, a runner carried <laughs> squished can, uh, a dish detergent bottle. Um, there's been so many crazy and wild things. There was like a, a Barbie doll head that came in. Oh my um, goodness. So, oh, that is fun. Yeah, so we... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we we set up a we set up a, a reusable poster, and and we're incredibly lucky to have Corals Canada support that. And it's just another one of our things that's very intentional. Plus, we have to do a sweep of the parking lot after, and we clean the trail. And it's another way that you know it, it really helps us out as well. And trail runners are are very good. It's there's not a lot left, but it's a way to give back and leave it better than we found it. Mm-hmm. Well, I have an idea for a social media story campaign for you there. <laughs> All the crazy things that got brought in for the Koros watch this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Guess what good. this is. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, so many very important topics we're touching on here. Diversity, inclusion, sustainability, service, community. Um Let's let's bring this back to you a little bit with the next question. Um, so I'm going to ask you here: What would you tell your younger self now that you've been in this running journey for over a decade, and why? Probably one of the mantras that I use, which is the obstacle is the way. Um, there's going to be some incredible lows and some unimaginable highs and just enjoy the journey. Um, Don't sweat the small things, you know, don't worry about what the house looks like, you know, get out there, enjoy things, experience it. You know, it's okay to be scared, try something new, meet a new friend. Oh man, you know, like I've suffered incredible loss. A lot of us have. And, um, pandemic and you know I'm I'm a mom and I uh yeah I think just being really appreciative of of where we are at this time and being present and and right now you know like social media and cell phones and and everything it's constantly pulling at us and taking away from from these moments so I'm very aware of of being present so I think I would I would remind myself just just sit in the moment Sit in the moment. Mm. It might be messy. It might be sloppy. It might be muddy, but just sit in it, take your learnings and and carry on. Mm-hmm. It might be messy, but it might also be amazing. Like you mm-hmm. said, unimaginable mm-hmm. highs, right? So just be yeah. where your feet are. I love it. Um, on that note, is there anybody who's kind of been, you've talked about a few people, but does anyone stand out as someone who's been particularly inspirational along your running journey? You guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, like I, I don't think I could pinpoint one person, um, my brother for obvious reasons, but the rest of my siblings, they're they're incredible people. Um, they've shown up for me time and time again, my husband, oh my gosh, my husband, um, we've been together 12 years. He's, there's nothing he hasn't said no to. If I'm like, I think I'm going to do this. He's like, okay. (laughs) Um, I don't, um, Tony Kropichka is a, a runner that I probably, um, idolize. Um, he's done some incredible things and incredible races and and he's older now and he's coming back. What are they like the return of Kropichka? Um, the local, the local run scene, our run leaders, um, what they're doing and what they're, what they're creating and showing up for, for our community every week, my team, like, I just, it goes on and on. Like I really couldn't, you know, I, I really couldn't, I, um, 
I feel incredibly blessed and fortunate to to be where I am, to have the community that I am and the friends that I have. Well, I would venture to say that your run community feels very blessed to have you a part of it as well and, and what you've created for them as a place to gather and to connect and to compete, all of those things, all the emotions that happen in a race and in an ultra. I mean, it's said so many times now, but truly you do live life and fast forward when you're out there on course for, for, you know, parts of days to full days. So that's why we love having race directors on this, this show and really helping people become aware of all the different races because they are such great places to connect. And it's the races and the directors that keep the communities going and thriving and alive. And so thank you for what you have created um, with your races. I, you know, a different angle to sustainability there would be, I'm sure that they will remain sustainable for many years because you have kept true to your vision and your mission mm -hmm. and um it shows so something that important has to stick around so before we end um what's coming up for you next i know at the time that we drop this episode we will be a few days away from moose mountain races the end of august um do you you know you mentioned you're headed off to colorado in a few days what else is happening before the end of this year so we are, Lewis Ultra Events is bringing out Laura Green, who is Laura McGreen on Instagram. Um, she's from Boston, creates so all those funny. super <laughs> rad, funny videos. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, we're going to bring her up around October 4th to Calgary. She's going to host our first ever trail open mic night. So that's going to be at the Globe Theater and tickets are, are available on Eventbrite. So we're bringing her up here for a night. Super excited about that. I have a meeting with her next week to chat about all the fun things. So I don't think she's going to keep anything. Uh, she's going to be walking through the audience and it's going to be a great night for, for our run community. So we have that coming up in October. And then our fourth annual 12 Days of Run will kick off on December 1st. So we do 12 Days of Running. So every day you add an additional kilometer. We partner with Run Up Hill and Coros and Rabbit and Saucony and offer some great prizing. And it's it's a great um event to to participate in at a time of year where it's usually very busy we don't carve out any time for ourselves and it's cold so nobody really wants to go out and this way the communities are getting together and they're meeting for groups so 12 days around is posted on Lewiston ultra events and we usually open that up for sign up um, mid-november last year we gave back to pups with soul um, we were able to donate dog food and treats and, and help her out there she's out of cross field, I believe it is. So this year we'll be finding another charity to give back for 12 days of rent. So two incredible things to wrap up our season before we dive into races next year. Wow. Mm. You could, you guys like, have, like to have fun at Lewiston Ultra events from the sounds <laughs> of it. Um, I'm curious, how many total kilometers do you run after running for 12 days and adding one kilometer on each day? Oh, you're going to you make know? me do math. Oh, you don't <laughs> like know off the 80... top of your head? I was sure somebody would have discovered that already. Well, we have, but 
that's math, right? It's like 84. <laughs> math is, anyone will tell you. Remember I said I went to university for English and history. Yeah, yeah. No joke. <laughs> math, math is not my thing. So I want to say it's it's high. It's around the high 80s, 90. It's a lot. Um, yeah, we do so that would be a lot. Yeah, especially around yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, but we offer a half Santa too. So it's not as high. It's, it's, it's less, like I said, we want it to be something that is, beneficial for everybody and anyone and everyone can participate. Well, when you first said it, I was like, that sounds totally doable, you know, but then it does add up, right? And it's kilometers, right? Not miles. It's one kilometer the first day to the second day. Okay. Yeah. It seems like as you say it, you're like, oh yeah, I could totally do that. And then I bet you that would be pretty hard. Um, what a cool event. I like that. Uh, you partner with all kinds of great companies. Wow. You've, you've really thought of everything. <laughs> yeah. See, 78. <laughs> yeah, it's still yeah, a lot. 78 in 12 days lot. is almost like, again, it's, I yeah. bet you it'd be a stretch. It'd be a stretch for a lot of people, but like a doable stretch for a lot of people and just something fun you to know do what? at the beginning. Yeah. And we've had people that have done it all three years and, you know, they've said the first time they're like, oh, now we don't know how we did it. And you just, you, you get in there and you meet some new friends and we get them to, we create a hashtag and they share it on social media. So everyone um, is encouraging each other along the way. And my husband, when he listens to this, he's going to love this. He's going to be like, oh my goodness, they asked you a math question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> See, I told you we tend to go wherever the conversation takes us. So you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's so funny. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, Well, where can we find you if we wanted to follow along? You've got social media. You said you're in charge of the social media, keeping it authentic. So what's your handle? We're Lewiston Ultra Events on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Uh, LewistonUltraEvents.com is our website. Um, you can also follow me personally. I'm totally fine with that. It's Caroline. Okay. I'm on Instagram. I share a lot about my race journey and about race drafting there. Um, okay. But yeah, we um, our, our social media accounts are, are active. But again, we're community focused. I would rather we be out in community engaging, um, being very authentic and intentional. So yeah, we're, we're active on social media, but we don't live we That's don't. We definitely focus. do not live on. So no, we don't live on social media. We we're definitely living in community mm-hmm. and and holding all those moments. Well, that sounds very intentional. Back to that great advice that you got from Brian Gallant, previous guest. I don't know the episode number, but that was a great conversation too. So I think you can't really go wrong with anything in life if you just go back to like, what's the purpose? Why why do I want to do this? Right. So all sorts of wonderful, amazing nuggets from this conversation. Thank you so much for making the time to mm-hmm. talk with us mm-hmm. and um, good luck with everything else that you've got coming up in 2023. Thank you. And thank you so much for, for offering me the space and, and getting to know you, you ladies over the last hour. 